Scent World is an original series presented by Scentbird, a fragrance subscription service that brings you luxury designer scents every month for $16.95. Unlock 50% off your first month at Scentbird.com. Welcome back to Scent World, a show that explores the power of expressing yourself through scent. Today, we're featuring Ingrid Nelson and Erica Anderson, the co-founders of The New Savant, based in Brooklyn, New York. As one of the first YouTube stars, Ingrid reached over 6 million followers and landed pioneering deals with CoverGirl, Joe Malone London, and Fresh Beauty. In 2020, she joined forces with Erica, who had built a career in tech and media, to launch The New Savant. The brand pays homage to the untraditional, self-made journey in life. In this episode, Ingrid and Erica sit down with Brittany Jackson Mosley, who runs integrated marketing at Scentbird. From a tea shop in Paris to a ping pong table in Indiana, they take us back to how they started making candles. They talk about capturing uncommon notes, like desert air and pinoli cookies, and tell the story of the high school fantasy that inspired one of their most popular candles. Find your own path with Ingrid Nelson and Erica Anderson on Scent World. That name kind of just spoke to me. I would love to hear from your perspective. Maybe, Ingrid, you start. Um, how did you come up with the name for the new savant and what does that mean to you? So the new savant to me really celebrates the untraditional paths in life that we can take because I feel like in my life I've always taken an untraditional path. Like the minute that I finished high school and finished what I had to do, mm -hmm. it was just my own path from there. I dropped out of college. I was a YouTube creator for over 10 years and I have really just carved my own way in life. And a lot of it happened against the grain, against what people told me was possible. And so I love the idea of the new savant because savant means someone who is, you know, highly educated in a specific field. It usually means they're a scientist or an academic and I love the idea of playing with that very almost traditional word mm. and bringing in something new um, because I think what we're doing with fragrance at the New Savant is really different and untraditional. And so the New Savant just felt perfect. And I love the word Savant. Yes. I was reading an article and the word savant was in the article and I just loved it. And that was during the time where I was trying to figure out what I wanted to call the company. And I knew that it was going to be something the new fill in the blank. <laughs> and I was reading that article and that's when it came to me. And it just, it felt right. I love it. Does the new savant mean anything to you in particular, Erica, as well? Well, as customer number one, the first person who heard the idea, I was <laughs> immediately like, yes, yes, yes. Because I I mean, similarly, I've also had an untraditional path, um, you know, not 
being the person who got the best grades, having to use my personality to get through, um, and just being a woman in tech, a queer person in tech. You know, you're always just kind of like adapting and figuring out how can I be successful? I know Mm -hmm. I have a voice. I want to bring it to the table. I've got great ideas. And so it's just about exactly what Ingrid said, like, um, giving voice to those folks who have had to find their own way and knowing that there's real beauty and truth in that and it's worth celebrating. So I totally uh, also resonate with it. I love it. It's celebrating the path less traveled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so often in society, there's a direct way that either your parents or you could have imposed it on yourself Um, based on the world around you, you just think this is the way I've got to do something. And you guys are breaking barriers in more that more ways than one, um, through creating a a company on your own, um, coming up with new novel concepts. It's, it's wonderful. It's great. Thank you. I'm geeking out a little bit. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So I know that you launched the brand, the new savant in 2020. And since then, since then things have really taken off. Tell us about where you are as a brand. Uh, maybe Erica, you could start. Yeah. Um, how is the new Savant going? It's amazing. I mean, we so we launched the new Savant out of Ingrid's kitchen in 2020. Um, in December, we had about 500 candles that Ingrid made and sold out in seven minutes. Um, after we got done, kind of squealing and screaming and dancing around, um, <laughs> we immediately got to work and got those packages out and in the year 2021, kind of figured out, okay, we need space. Um, We got a bigger space. We, you know, fragrance is central to what we do. So we talked to fragrance houses and we decided to partner with Givadon. Um, And we just kind of began to build our operations so that we could grow. And just completing our second year in business, 2022, um, we did a half a million in sales, totally organic, $0 spent on paid ad. I guess in the e-com world, it's called CAC, customer yep, acquisition cost was, <laughs> was zero. <laughs> yeah, it was zero. Um, and we really have hit, you know, Ingrid's designing sense that are really hitting with people and creating, finding space um, to make people feel seen who have been left out in of the traditional world of fragrance and scent. And so it's been incredible and we're just loving the ride and finding creative ways to build our own new best practices. So it really speaks to how well your your company resonated with mm. people at a time where, you know, fun things were not the focus. Totally. <laughs> and I think one of the things we've seen over time is the return customer rate. It's something you really we really care about is sure people can buy it once, but do they come back and we have just seen like exponential growth on that. The more products we introduce, the more sizes. So it's all just like good vibes, but even more like qualitatively, it's the customer notes we get, um, which is just people really, to your point, like people really connecting with the product, telling us writing long notes as they check out on Shopify about what the scent means to them. And Yeah, I that. love that our customers have just kind of started this tradition on their own where in the little comment box that normally you would write a gift note in, yes. they write notes to us. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. And we have them all over the studio. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. we print them out and we put them up on the wall in the studio and we just get these incredible notes from people. We get like, you know, a couple gift notes here and there, 
but most of them are written directly to us. And they're so much fun to read. They range from completely sincere and beautiful to absolutely hilarious. And we're just (laughs) dying in the studio and they become like inside jokes within the studio. Um, So it really just captures, I think, the full range of personality. Would you mind sharing with us any of the stories you remember that are the most funny or the most heartwarming, perhaps? Well, I'll start with heartwarming. Ingrid can come in with I know the one you're thinking of. Um, (laughs) Well, I, you know, we got one. We was the first one I printed off. It was from a nurse. We have a lot of folks who are essential workers buying the candles. Um, And so we had one who was a nurse um, at Methodist in Brooklyn, and she said that she liked lit a candle after every shift and it really helped her to like recenter after what was a very difficult time. Um, Someone who ran a marathon and uh, bought herself a candle at the end to honor, you know, her journey doing that. So beautiful, meaningful moments that people shared with us. Marked with your candles. Yeah. Yeah. And then (laughs) there are the comments that are like, I'm an absolute slut for these candles. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's devotion in a very specific way. Another one of my favorites is um, this one. So the context is I, we had gone out as a team for a holiday um, end of year celebration and we went to the nines in New York city and we all shared the like, hundred dollar potato that they, it's like this baked potato. <laughs> I love a potato I from the Midwest. Yeah. I get it. I know. <laughs> I didn't realize it was a hundred dollars until after we ordered it. And I was like, well, we're in it. We're splitting it. Yeah. Like four we each ways. got a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a twice baked potato. So it's a baked potato and then there's mashed potato on the inside. And then it's topped with creme fraiche and caviar. And <laughs> it was incredible. And I posted about it on social media, as did all of us, because it was incredible. Um, And somebody left in the comments, um, buying more candles so you can afford more fancy potatoes. (laughs) You deserve more fancy potatoes. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. But they brought it cross-platform. And like, it was just so good. So good. Yeah, That's so awesome. Um, Next time you guys go back, you have a, let me know. Give you a call. I'm, I'm into it. So what do you think drew you to scent? Was it from you know, a twinkle in your eye when you were a child, like what made you think, you know what, let's do scent. Let's focus on this. Let's create content around this. Well, I think it was something that for me just happened really slowly over time. It was really just a trail of breadcrumbs that I think now I'm able to connect the dots and see how it all makes sense. But I've always loved smell from a young age. Um, which makes sense because smell is our most dominant sense that we have until the age of 10. I was always really curious about it, really aware of it. And then as I started experimenting with personal fragrance and home fragrance, I loved it, especially home fragrance because it felt like a lower risk way to experiment with different fragrance profiles. Like I didn't have to commit to it being on my skin for an entire day and not being able to remove it. Um, 
And, you know, I posted so many videos in my YouTube years doing Bath and Body Works hauls where I would get all of these candles that I loved and I would talk about them. I always had a candle burning in the background of my videos. And then as I got older, you know, I still love smell. Everywhere I go, I'm smelling things. And I remember being in this tea shop in Paris and I was smelling all of the loose leaf teas and I just kept saying out loud, oh, I wish I could have this smell in a candle. I wish I could have this in a candle. I wish I could have this in a candle. And then fast forward like five years later, it's 2020 and um, I had quit YouTube in June 2020. We had gone to Indiana where Erica is from and we were visiting her dad and it was the first time we had space and just really room to like spread out and actually relax because we had been in New York City the whole time and um, I was just in the living room. I saw a candle and I thought to myself, I wonder how you make a candle. And then I thought, I bet I could figure it out. And I wasn't thinking, oh, this is going to be, you know, my next business. I was just curious about it. And so I went to the craft store, got basic supplies, made my first set of candles on Erica's childhood ping pong table in the basement. (laughs) And I was obsessed with the process. Like I could not stop thinking about it. I just, I loved the process from, you know, melting the wax to adding the oils in to waiting for the candles to set. And then you have to have patience because then they have to cure. So you have to wait a few days before you can actually burn them. And I just loved it. And so when we got back to the city, I started reaching out to different suppliers to test out different vessels and different waxes and On the drive back to New York City, I told Erica, you know, I feel like this could be my next job because I really didn't know what I was going to do after quitting YouTube. And it just felt right. All of the pieces were coming together. And then Erica wanted to jump on board. So, yeah. So I asked and Ingrid said she would consider. (laughs) (laughs) So you're in Indiana finding... At her childhood home. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> and you're kind of finding this meditation that's really yeah. bringing you joy and in a yeah. sense of, of calm, it sounds mm-hmm. like, like a yeah. real connection to this process. And a light bulb just kind of went off. And Erica, you, you witnessed this happening yeah. and said, like, let's do this together. Definitely. I mean, I had from a business perspective always been building businesses and products and initiatives inside of big corporations. So I started off my career in media um, and was in traditional media, CBS, MTV. And then I went to Twitter and Google where I was developing new things. And I was, you know, at the core, really entrepreneurial. And so when Ingrid brought this idea up and it just felt there's a lot of synergy And it just felt like an idea that had weight and clarity. And I was really excited about it immediately. And so, yeah, I just asked, like, what if I help you set up the business side? And and I did and helped her. And and the other thing that was so exciting to me about it, aside from the fact that it's a product that does encourage people to be in the present moment Mm. and to find a sense of calm and ease, which is I think needed more really important for me on a personal level. And I think, you know, society as a whole, (laughs) that's a bigger topic, but to get to 
work on something that brings people into the present moment just felt like a really exciting um, opportunity for me. I love that. It is true because you don't just, a candle just doesn't get lit by itself. You, Mm -hmm. you have to take the time and there's this careful action that you're, you're putting into it. And even the intimacy, I know you're not necessarily supposed to blow your candle out. You're supposed to snuff at people. (laughs) But even that process of blowing out the candle, I find myself closing my eyes and like gently blowing like it's a birthday candle. Like, you know, it just feels um, you're right. It really does bring you into that present moment. Mm. It's it's really poetic almost the way you put it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's hard to, you know, build a business if you can are lucky enough to build a business that has a deeper meaning and a purpose. If you can find that, then I think it's, um, you just have a big, you have a big shot, you know, a real opportunity. So, so yeah. So, and also just to get to be co-founders with Ingrid, you know, we had known each other, we've been, known each other for five years and I've just always been so, um, impressed with her creativity and the way that she has built she built her first business, which is yes. YouTube, complete pioneer, you know, yes. I'm her number one, her number two hype person. Because her best, yeah, she is an icon. <laughs> um, but really she pioneered not just content formats that continue to be used, not only on YouTube, but on TikTok, but um, the fact that she did like pioneering business deals and mm-hmm. maintained her integrity throughout it and then decided to step down when it was time. And like, I just, you know, I just have so much respect for Ingrid that when she had this idea, I was like, I just knew within, I was like, I want to do this together. Absolutely. I understand that you two met in 2017 at Lesbians Who Tech and you had an instant connection. Well, this this conference, Lesbians Who Tech, it's so, so much fun, like 500 queer, non-binary, lesbian women, just like it creates a space that Mm -hmm. feels so comfortable and I was there as a speaker. I was speaking on behalf of Google and Ingrid was there as um, an attendee and she was standing in a long line. She did not abuse her privilege to go to the front. Move out of the way. I, <laughs> I want to meet like, this Erica um, person. No, not because of that. I was like, <laughs> so, um, but we walked past each other in the line and just like instantly made eye contact and we're like, oh my gosh, who is that person? And later in the day, um, I introduced myself to Ingrid and we decided to go out and have coffee. And, you know, we just really instantly like loved each other, you know, in in a multitude of ways. That's wonderful. Okay. So I want to take us into this concept that kind of permeates your, your brand in both of your stories. And that is about rebelling against who you were told to be. Um, I can see that in the naming of all of your, your sense, um, and from everything you guys are telling me. So I know what you're doing stems from a personal place and you said something, um, you both have this quote that has shown up in it's growing up. We weren't always or ever the trendy or popular one, but we were original independent. Most importantly, we sought to find ourselves to be ourselves. We took our own paths. I just think those are some really powerful words. So Erica, I wanted to ask you a question. First, who do you feel who you were told to be? And what moment comes to mind when you realize you didn't have to be that person? Mm. Oh, how much time do we have? But We got forever, girl. <laughs> um, I think, so for me, if you would have seen me like 20, 25 years ago, I would have had long hair, probably wearing dresses, um, 
trying to please my parents by, Mm -hmm. you know, dating guys and really embracing the heteronormative culture that I was raised in. Meanwhile, there was a lot of kind of cutting homophobic remarks around me by people that loved me because um, LGBT culture and and queerness was just not understood where I grew up. And I think that's true for a lot, a lot of places. But, you know, so it was after college when I moved to Washington, D.C. and was going through um, a lot of grief. I'd lost a parent. And I realized, thank you. Yeah. I mean, grief is a journey. But I realized in the loss of my mom that I could be who I wanted to be and that I had, you know, I was now it was now time. And so um, I met some lesbians unexpectedly (laughs) with uh, co-workers who took me out and I was like 21 or 22 and I immediately saw myself in them. And I just like all bets were off. I was like I could finally exhale. Mm. And then, I, you know, looking back at the way that I gravitated towards androgynous or masculinity in Indiana as a kid, I can look back now and be like, oh, yeah, like I wanted to just wear what I wanted to wear. I wanted to shop in the men's aisle. I right. wanted to wear um, CK1 because it made me feel like myself. CK1. Yeah, which is having a revival um, as opposed to like wearing sunripe raspberry or love spell, which made me feel like I was conforming. I mm. liked it. I have great memories, but I wore that to try and fit in, to try and mask because I was scared of who I really was. So that's so it's it's been a journey for me of like presentation, queerness, who I am, um, still working through those kind of like homophobic remarks that were said to me growing up and and knowing, you know, even with like Ingrid, you know, just having so much confidence too when you have close friends people in your life that are living their lives unapologetically it's just right. really helps so yeah fuck it, it <laughs> I just want to be myself fuck it y'all <laughs> it helped to so you're saying it helped to kind of see yourself and I yeah. think it's interesting that you brought up um fragrance yeah. as kind of a part of your outfit yeah. or perhaps your armor to either one sure. blend in right with the the Victoria's Secrets and the Bath and Body Works and the fruity florals sure. versus the CK1, which is really where you were, which is quite sophisticated at a young age, yeah. by the way, I yeah. want to say. Um, so fragrance kind of, it seems like it's always been yeah. a part of your life and maybe helped you in that journey. Or, For sure. That's really interesting. For sure. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And I like florals. I don't think it's either or, you know, but yeah. the marketing around it too, you know, there was, there was just more androgyny in CK1 and and I was like allowed as a young girl in Indiana, I was like allowed to go up to that counter and buy it. Yeah. Whereas I don't think I could have gone up to the counter and bought like a Tommy Hilfiger, you know, sport cologne. I think people would have like kind of like raised their eyebrows more. Right. So it was just cool that it was accessible. That's awesome. Um, CK1 is, uh, it, I've heard that before that it gave people permission yeah. to kind of explore a different facet of themselves or a part that they hadn't been able to acknowledge at all. The only one, CK1, a fragrance from Calvin Klein. I want to pose the same question to you, Ingrid, Um, maybe just exploring even the scent part. Um, How has scent been able to help you in your journey through identity? I think it has, you know, been absolutely fundamental in my growth when I look at my long-term path 
Um, it has always punctuated my life in really unique and distinct ways. And, you know, growing up, the things that I, you know, I was just, it always felt like I was never enough. I was never Asian enough. I was never white enough. I was never serious enough. Um, I was never goofy enough. I was never soft enough. I was never um, funny enough. And it was just always, um, you know, trying to be these things that were expected of me. Um, be feminine, but not too feminine. Don't be, you know, too sexual, right. um, but don't be too masculine either. Um, and when it came to my personality, like I have so many different facets to my personality. And, um, you know, I was constantly being told that I was too quiet. But then when I would actually speak about things that I cared about, then I was angry and I was too loud. Mm. And so it was really difficult, at, you know, growing up, trying to find, you know, where I was going. And I never really quite fit in anywhere. And, um, you know, I don't think I was looking so much to fit in, but I just wanted to feel like I belonged. And creativity was something that always made me feel like I belonged in the world. Like no matter what was going on in my life, whether I was having a hard time at school or, you know, navigating having a sick parent and then my other parent dying while I was young oh, yeah. and going through grief as a teenager, creativity was always there for me. It was always an anchor. And a part of expressing that creativity was smell. I was always smelling things, not just fragrances that you wear. And then when it came to experimenting with different fragrances that I wore, it just opened up this world for me. I remember, you know, like Erica mentioned, Love Spell from Victoria's <laughs> Secret and Sweet Pea um, from oh, Bath & Body Works. Too. And mm -hmm. then I remember all the cool girls wore um, warm vanilla sugar, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, which another story, but that's one of the reasons why I don't as a historically, I don't love vanilla gourmand scents. And I've had to kind of relearn my relationship with gourmands. But, um, you know, I really started off with these um, fruity, floral scents that added so much joy to my life in a time yes. when I really needed it. And even though high school wasn't a fabulous time for me by any stretch of the imagination, Thinking about Bath and Body Works Sweet Pea makes me so happy. Like in every crevice of my body, that scent just makes me so happy. Um, and then, you know, for a decade, I wore Jo Malone London Peony and Blush Suede. Ooh, so a very beautiful. floral scent. And that made me feel like myself. I loved it so much. I wore it during the day. I would spray it on before I went to bed. I just wanted to be in that scent and it was just a part of me. And I wore it for so long, like 
you know, I couldn't even really smell it after I first sprayed <laughs> it's it. It's part of you. But it was just, it was just part of who I was. And I think I really needed to explore what femininity meant to me on my own terms outside of other expectations, especially as a lesbian. What does it mean to be feminine in my presentation without the male gaze being involved in that? Wow. And so it has really become a source of power for me. And um, now I wear the fragrance uh, by Rado Cellier, which is an absolute surprise to me because I always thought, oh, you know, florals and fruity scents are the ones that smell good on my skin. I like having those scents on me. And Byredo Cellier is like the absolute opposite end of the spectrum. It's really dark. It's mm -hmm. leather. It's black tea. It's tobacco. I mean, the extract itself is like really dark in the bottle. And I love it. And I love it because it just feels like it has some edges to it. And yeah. I feel like I have edges to who I am. I'm not just one thing and I can be sharp and soft at the same time. I can be um, quiet and loud and angry and joyful. And so I love how this fragrance embodies all these things and I wear it during the day and I wear it at night. I think it's a fragrance that people would expect you to wear more at nighttime. Um, but I love that it's just this like mysterious, edgy smell. Um, so yeah, fragrance has always just punctuated my life in these really different but fundamental ways. I love that. It's like when you were younger, maybe you were going for the joyful and the uplifting. And then as you kind of found, you know, uh, your confidence, it almost seems like in you know, your, your stride, you're like, okay, well now I can explore this other side of me through this darker, more mysterious because your presentation is super joyful. Mm -hmm. Um, you just like light up the room when you enter it. And I think pe you make people feel like they know you, which we'll talk about in a second through your YouTube channel. But, um, it's interesting that you would pick, I'm surprised you're mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm into this dark, this dark, um, this dark and complex scent. It's yeah. really cool. I think I just, even when I think about my personal style, I really crave that contrast. Like I have a black turtleneck on today, but then I have these like orange polka dot <laughs> socks on and Converse. I really need that contrast of like the serious and then the creative and like a little weird. Like I need some personality yeah. in there. Um, so, you know, I like the unexpected and I crave that in all parts of my life, whether it's my work, my personal style, the fragrance that I'm wearing, my home, all of it. I love it. I love it. Juxtaposition is, is everything here. Okay. So I wanted to talk a little bit about YouTube. We won't dwell on it too much, but you are an absolute icon on the interwebs. You are a pioneer in the YouTube space, Ingrid. Um, just giving you a little bit of your flowers. Hope I don't embarrass you. <laughs> um, but you spent over 10 years as a YouTube creator and you grew your following to over 6 million with your lifestyle and beauty content. Hey guys. All right, so holiday season is creeping up on us. So for eyeliner, now today we're gonna be using a lot of black eyeliner. Okay, so that is it for my morning skincare routine and I hope this was helpful for you guys. I'm here with... Tyler Oakley, hi. Yay! 
Thank you so much for being here with me today, Bill. So we're gonna jump right into the questions. I'm going to be showing you guys how to make super cute summer star lanterns like this one. Today is an especially exciting day because I am announcing my collaboration with Jo Malone London. I want to live my life unapologetically because I'm proud of who I am. I am going to be speaking with Melinda Gates about the Gates Foundation. Thank you, Melinda, for being here with me today. Glad I'm to be here. I'm so excited. We did this, and we did it together. I am one of those people who watched it, and you make people feel like you're their sister or you're bringing them in. People really feel like they, they know you. And going through your archive, we really see that you know, you spent 10 years on it. So you can kind of feel like I watched this person grow up and, and mature and find different facets of themselves. You can even see the the content uh, changing and in what you're interested in talking about. So I was wondering if you could just tell us what that journey, um, what that 10 years was like for you and um, what made you start opening up to to people on the interwebs? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, a very generous introduction. Thank you. All facts though. <laughs> all facts. Um, you know, the chapter of YouTube was absolutely transformational for me. And I started making YouTube videos out of my childhood bedroom um, as a creative outlet. So I started in 2009. I had been watching YouTube videos well before then. And, you know, I was aware of like the cat videos that people were watching <laughs> and people were making lip syncing videos back then too um, and posting them on YouTube and doing dances. And um, that's really what people knew YouTube for at that time. But I had just lost my dad. My mom was really sick for all of my high school years and past high school. And so I, I'm also an only child. And so I spent a lot of time alone just in general, but like these other things, you know, I, I spent even more time alone because of that. So I was on the computer a lot. I've always loved the internet. Um, I think, you know, we tend to focus on a lot of the negative things about the internet, which are very real and serious topics. But I think it's an and situation because there's also a lot of beauty that has happened because of the Internet and like the genuine connections that have been made through the Internet. And so in 2009, I made my first YouTube video and I was just in my bedroom. Um, it was mostly dark, so it wasn't even like <laughs> properly lit or anything. Um, not high quality whatsoever. But it was real. Little, little webcam. Little yeah. webcam action. And you know, I just curled my hair and barely said a single word. I didn't know what to do, but it just felt so good to do something I had never done before. I didn't know how to edit. I didn't know how to film. I didn't know how to like talk on camera or anything. Um, I was just sharing what I had learned and I posted it. No one watched it for weeks. And then I remember I got one view and one comment and seeing wow. a comment from a real person made it feel so different. Like, oh my God, a, an actual person has seen this now. And, you know, I think one of the big things that was really transformational was winning YouTube's Next Up contest, mm -hmm. which 
there was a small pool of people. I think there were like 15 of us um, who were flown out here to New York and we were basically put in a YouTube camp and we got business advice, camera advice. We got to go to B&H photo and we had, you know, $500 gift card to get equipment that set me up. Yes. The thing that set me up the most was we got checks for $35,000 at the end of that camp Wow! in cash. I little like 21 year old me is like, has this envelope with a $35,000 check in there. And the entire plane ride home, I'm checking my backpack yeah. to make sure it's still there. <laughs> Terrified. Constantly. I'm you like, are is in New York. Is it, is it still there? <laughs> I've never seen this much money in my life. Because of that money, I was able to get out of debt and pay off the money that I had spent trying to go to college and failing. Um, I was able to get out of that debt, get my own place, pursue YouTube full time, have real equipment and really put my energy into this job that was now unfolding. For yeah. Me. And a job that didn't really exist before. You're exactly. one of the first people to to make this a career. For sure. And I now like fast forward like 10, 12 years later, the Ingrid still gets stopped on the street. And I remember one of the first times we were hanging out, we were in this antique shop, <laughs> which I dragged us into and it was quiet. And all of a sudden there were like five women standing behind us and they were waiting to talk to Ingrid. And yes. one of them, you know, they thanked her and they said that they grew up with her and that they loved her videos. And then four of them walked away and one stayed and she got tears in her eyes and said, you know, I came out to my mom because of you. Wow. You know, referencing Ingrid's coming out video in, in 2015, that um, was groundbreaking because I don't even think Ingrid's managers wanted her to come out, afraid that she would lose her deals with CoverGirl, et cetera. But um, Ingrid was true to herself and came out and it was a watershed moment for the LGBT community. I'm gay. <laughs> it feels so good to say. And that's what's really moving is like mm -hmm. hearing Ingrid tell the story. It was always for the right reasons, you yeah. know, and she really touched a lot of people. And it's really beautiful to see. Yeah. And, you know, YouTube transformed my life in a meaningful financial way. And also because it was my job to be myself, I felt like it was constantly pushing me to discover you know, what is the most authentic version of myself, not just on camera, it was mostly off camera, like the decisions that I had to make to uphold my integrity off camera um, were, were happening every single day. You know, the reckoning with coming out and then deciding to share that online with people. I am so incredibly grateful for that period of my life because I think it really um, pushed me to do the things that I always wanted to do, but I just didn't have the support or the momentum to do so before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's a wonderful story. I'm just in awe of, of how you were able to just be your authentic self and kind of bet on that and kind of take the time to grow and learn. And it actually ended up coming back to you uh, tenfold just because you did 
put your neck out there and say like, this is who I am. And that's why people relate to you. And I think that's why you get people writing comments <laughs> all the time. They feel like they know you, they feel like they know both of you and, and, um, your brand allows them to be a part of that as well. Um, I will say it's a perfect transition, but to something that we talk a lot about, not to no, <laughs> really no. offer the transition, transition me, girl, <laughs> I'm here. Um, is that the new savant is not an influencer brand. Yes. And that is really intentional. You know, Ingrid retired her YouTube channel and you know, there have definitely been times where I'm like, you want to unretire it? Maybe post a little video. And she's like, yes. Erica, shut up. No. <laughs> <laughs> Which again, integrity, you know, it's like, you're not just going to go back and try to sell some candles. But the, but the truth is, is that Ingrid didn't want to be the product anymore. And mm. I saw firsthand in the, in the last five years, the toll it takes on you personally, when you're constantly being scrutinized, you go to the store, you don't know if you can buy this thing or wear that color, um, you know, nail polish because you have a deal with another brand. You know, being the entity that is the product is a huge privilege and it's a huge burden. And I love that Ingrid set the boundary very clearly. I'm closing this chapter. Um, I've watched her like rediscover the internet, which has been really cool. Yes. Like start watching YouTube videos on her angle. own. Yeah. In retirement, discovering young, new creators. Um, but but the new savant, it's like people, of course, like her original, you know, her OG Miss Glamorazzi fans have found us and it's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. But there's so much more than that. It's other people coming um, who had no idea who Ingrid was, but are interested in the idea of disrupting what people think smells good. Yes. They are interested in the stories of what we're creating. Um, and so I think that's just really important. And the, and the reason it's important for us from a business perspective is longevity. There are two incredible influencer brands we talk about all the time that we think have incredible longevity. Rihanna's Fenty Absolutely. and Selena Gomez's Rare Beauty. Um, I'll credit Love Ingrid. both of those yeah. brands. Well, but, those are the ones who have survived, yes. right? Because they were bringing something new to the table. Yes, absolutely. If they found a market opening, they were passionate about it, they were involved. And, you know, for us, like we want to have longevity as a brand. And we felt like our path was this to like make it about the new savant, make it yes. about this idea. Ingrid's creativity is infused in everything, but it is not about her. It's not the easy route. Yeah, correct. Because a lot of we're seeing it now. A lot of um, celebrities are entering skincare and, and beauty. And the question is always like, the longevity piece, but it's like, what, what's new that's being brought Absolutely. to the table. And if you put yourself out there at first, you're going to get a lot of people to buy your product because you're like, Oh, I love this person. Right. But at the end of the day, the product speaks for itself. Yeah. I think that's really important. Definitely. That's a really mm -hmm. good point. Yeah. So because you know, we've seen it, it's not called Ingrid's the new savant. No, no, no. <laughs> that would be I my worst. Have, that would be Ingrid. my worst nightmare. <laughs> Erica was trying to convince me to put my name. Oh, bad somewhere. ideas. And yeah. I was just like, Erica, get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's not my strength. Experience scents that surprise you and open up new possibilities with a quick tour of the new savant candle line. We're about to explore mixed feelings. California Christmas and Dream Girl. So let's get into smelling some of your candles. Here I have mixed feelings. So mixed feelings is inspired by my mixed race heritage. So there's notes of crisp pear, heather, white jasmine, and steamed rice. So the steamed rice, I really wanted to be noticeable in this scent. So typically when you smell this, 
at the beginning, you'll smell the crisp pear and the white jasmine. And then this creaminess from the rice comes out and it really smells like a fresh pot of steamed jasmine rice, which is the smell of home for me. So it's a little floral. There's also a little bit of incense in there, but it's just a really bright and powerful fragrance. Mm, I love the balance of all the scents, the florals, the woody, the, the steamed rice. I do truly like the way you're describing it. It is accurate. And the next is something that I know from the Scentbird platform is California Christmas. I absolutely adore this one. So California Christmas is a gourmand, and it's an interesting gourmand. I don't think people would smell this and immediately think gourmand. Yeah. But it's in the gourmand marine citrus olfactory family, and there are notes of desert air, sun-baked sea salt, so you really get that marine quality, California oranges, and then you have cognac caramelized sugar, vanilla, that's where the gourmand really is. Um, And I don't think people think of, you know, liquors as gourmands, but they really are. Um, And I am not super familiar with cognac. um, So that's not the first note I get, but a lot of people who are, that's the first thing they smell Mm. when they smell that candle. So it's really interesting to see the ways that people experience that. But that is inspired by... um, my Southern California roots and spending every Christmas in Palm Springs, which is the opposite. Yes. It's not a New York, like snowy white Christmas at all. No, it was hot. It was dry. um, And my grandmother always ended Christmas day with a vanilla souffle with Grand Marnier sauce. So those notes are all captured in that fragrance. I love that. I feel like when you smell the candles from the new savant, you get an entire story. Like even without you explaining it, you get the different facets from the notes. It smells true and like a full experience. It's really great. Oh, I'm so glad. I'd love to smell Dream Girl with you both. So Dream Girl is a revisionist history of my teen years, reimagining what it would have been like to be out and dating my dream girl in Mm -hmm. high school. And it was inspired by the first time I listened to Girls Make Me Want to Die by the Aces, which is <laughs> an all-woman band. Three are queer. One is an ally. We love that there is an ally. <laughs> um, and their music is incredible. I've been a fan of their music for years. But when I heard Girls Make Me Want to Die, it immediately put me back into being a teenager. And it had me wondering what would it have been like to date girls in high school? And it it's really a joyful, buoyant fragrance, but there's a little edginess to it. So it is in the fruity leather olfactive family, and there are notes of dark cherries, which I notice right away, a little bit of rose petal and fresh tobacco that lend a freshness. Mm. And then you get the edginess from the leather and the washed denim. So this fragrance is my favorite one that I've created to date. I just think it's so different. It kind of reminds me of like Dr. Pepper chapstick. Yes. Um, because that lip smackers. Yes. That's yes. what I'm getting. Yeah, yeah. There's a sparkling cola accord in there that I really wanted to capture because I was thinking about, okay, what are you doing on a date? 
in my imagination. You know, sharing milkshakes, drinking soda, kissing in the back seat, like watching a movie. So um, I think that scent is just beautiful, sensual, joyful, buoyant, edgy, all in one. I love this. I think I would wear this as a mm. personal fragrance too. Yeah. I love that. So when we're making our fragrances, the fragrances get stuck on us since we're in the studio while <laughs> yes. they're being made. Yes. Um, so we all leave smelling like whatever was made that day. And I love Dream Girl yeah. as a worn fragrance. Yeah. It's, it's really so good. good. And I also love that on all of your package, I actually know who poured my candle. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Julie, for this Dream <laughs> <Yes>. Girl. <laughs> Yes. Shout out to Julie, <laughs> poured by hand. Yes. <laughs> I can even tell what day it was. It's yeah. so cool and such a interesting detail that's on all of your packaging. And it's just a joyful unboxing experience as well. I'm so glad. Kudos. It's time for Scent Connection. Go to Sense Edition. Brittany brings up a prompt and Erica and Ingrid share the scent that immediately comes to mind. So... Um, we'll do a few with you, Erica. Do a few with you, Ingrid. Are you two ready? Oh, yeah. I'm nervous. It's game time. Yeah, yeah. Don't think too hard on it. Just what scent comes to your mind? Number one, Erica, what is your top scent obsession right now? Um, by Rado Mojave Ghost. Oh, I love that. Two, what is your go-to scent for joy? Um, the top of my dog's head. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. That is the sweetest thing I've heard all year. Oh my gosh, who are you? It's a big commercial opportunity, I'm sure. Yes. Next scent. Um, Ingrid, what is your go-to scent for creativity? Mm, the new savant heat wave. Mm. Ingrid, what is your go-to scent for relaxation? The new savant, the dropout. I love it. I love that we love our own brands. I, I like <laughs> and those it's are real. I can tell. Yeah, those real. are the first things that come to my mind. So it well, is what it is. Them. Yeah. So now you know creativity and relaxation. We have new savant scents for them. Erica, what is your favorite scent combination? Oh, um, Joe Malone's Wood Sage and Sea Salt and Peony and Blush. Suede. What? Peony and Blush Suede. Whatever. Yeah. You made <laughs> so it was Ingrid a pairing. That Ingrid made I a pairing did. with Joe Malone years ago. That was my scent, her scent, and it was the <gasps> perfect pair. That's what we call. And it was in a solid perfume. I still have it. I loved it. You guys, name a better duo. <laughs> is there a better duo? I think not. Um, Ingrid, I want to ask you the same question. What is your favorite scent combination? Okay, so Joe Malone. I'm trying to remember the name. Joe Malone, London. I think it was the Oud and Myrrh mm. um, body cream with the poppy and barley cologne sprayed on top. Erica, what is the scent you can't stand? Oh, gosh. I mean, New York City trash. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Ingrid, what is the scent you've learned to love? Gourmands, especially any kind of like sweet vanilla smell like that um, warm vanilla sugar body spray from Bath and Body Works really just set some bad memories for me. It's those bullies. Uh, yeah. And also I just didn't grow up with that flavor or smell profile in my house. So it just smelled completely foreign to me and it was just like a lot. And then now gourmands are like my favorite to 
design because I find it really challenging to make something that I enjoy having in my space. Ooh, I love it. Erica, what is the most challenging scent you've ever made or been a part of making? Mm. There's a scent that Ingrid's been working on for a while now that <clears throat> hasn't come together yet. And I won't divulge more of it, but I'm, I'm, a, I'm a tester and I'm smelling things. And it's just giving me the opportunity to have more language around notes. But um, yeah, I'm not the one actually making them. I'm just, just a tester. So. <laughs> and Testing is important. I listen to Erica's feedback, but... I don't always take it. <laughs> so let me ask you then. Yeah. <laughs> Ingrid, what is the most challenging scent you've ever made then? A gourmand. So only in New York, which is one of our holiday scents, is a it's in the gourmand herbaceous um, olfactory family. And that went through six different versions before getting it right because I really wanted this very specific almond cookie note um, that was inspired by the baker whose studio is next to us. Wow. Um, and I am always smelling him bake these pignoli cookies that are completely made of almonds. And so it got to the point where I um, just sent a bag of the cookies to the perfumer because they were this. like, you can send us anything at any time. And I was like, fantastic. Look out for some cookies. <laughs> um, and that's when we nailed it. But that one was the most challenging because it made me realize how many different ways an almond cookie can smell. Mm. And it's many, many different ways. We right. also we also had extra revisions with with mixed feelings because mm -hmm. originally, which is kind of like draws notes from Ingrid's tie and Norwegian heritage. Originally, the perfumer used a rice note that was a basmati rice, not a jasmine rice, which is what Ingrid was looking for. And these so rices that, are different. That was, yes. really, that was really fun, interesting back and forth. Yeah, and now it's perfect. I smell it, and it smells exactly like home to me. Yes, you're trying to convey something that's in your head into words, into chemistry. Yeah. It's quite difficult. I know, it is. Um, I'm going to ask both of you this question. Erica, first, what is a scent that takes you back to high school? Mm. Gaps grass. Ooh, again with the deep cuts. <laughs> yes. Ingrid, what is a scent that takes you back to high school? Bath and Body Works Sweet Pea and the smell of chlorine because I had a swimming pool at my high school or we had a swimming pool at our high school because I grew up in California. So a lot of high schools have pools, but I remember I had to walk by the pool a lot because it was next to the locker rooms that smelled like sweet pea yes. from Bath and Body Works. <laughs> and so those two things are really connected to each other. The smell of the chlorine from the pool and then the sweet pea. I think that's a new candle. <laughs> We're giving yes. sweet pea and chlorine. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Thank you both so much for sharing everything with us from, you know, your origin stories to how scent has played a big role in your lives to your journeys, um, Ingrid, from uh, content creator to leveraging your creativity into and channeling it into fragrance and you coming from tech and media and, and both of you finding um, uh, harmony together as co-founders to create such a wonderful brand that's breaking boundaries and changing the way our home smells. So thank you both so much for sharing. And um, I just had one more question for both of you as, as a closing. If you were to create a candle for each other, um, what would it smell like and what is the vibe you would like to leave? 
Wow. I would create a candle for Ingrid that somehow always reminds her how powerful and impressive and creative she is, if there's ever any doubt. And so I would um, do a big research project with Jivanon about every single note that has traditionally <laughs> been associated with power. Yes. And may, maybe use some of those, but find new ones. Um, so that's what I would create. That's wonderful. I would create something that is the essence of Sesame's head. <laughs> that's, that's our dog. dog. <laughs> um, maybe I'd throw a little Sesame in there because his name is Sesame just for like that little nod. But overall, I would want the scent to feel really joyful and safe because, you know, I just see Erica as someone who really craves, you know, having a soft place to land, especially at home. And I think that's one of the reasons she loves the smell of Sesame's head because he represents comfort and safety and sweetness and joy. And so I don't think it would smell exactly like him because personally, I think he's a little stinky. But <laughs> <laughs> he is a dog. Yeah. He, he's a little stinky, oh, well but it would be good. like the essence of that feeling that she gets from being with Sesame. I love that. Erica and Ingrid, it's been such an absolute pleasure talking to both of you. Thank you so much for coming today. Thank you for having us. Thanks to Scent World and Scentbird for creating a pioneering space to share fragrances online. We're happy to be a part of it and be on the show. This was just so much fun. <laughs> I am so happy that we got to spend part of our day here. So yeah. thank you. That was Brittany Jackson Mosley, Ingrid Nelson, and Erica Anderson from the New Savant, based in Brooklyn, New York. Up next on Scent World. Escape to the South of France with Veronique Abai. You've been listening to Scent World. For more unfiltered conversations with perfumers, visionaries, and fragrance lovers, follow Scent World wherever you get your podcasts. Scent World is a Scentbird original series produced by Flowship. Today's episode was executive produced by Maria Nurislamova, produced by Mike Giordani. Edited by Romero Gava. Mixed by Alex Roses. Production support by Peely Melendez. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.